Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and you're listening to In the House. For those of you who are new to the program, In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, air conditioning. Each week, I'm joined by a panel of experts. We pick a topic and we go super deep. It's meant to be informative and hopefully bring you some value. This week, we're actually going to be talking about electrical outlets or receptacles, uh, what some people like to call them. We'll talk about the different kinds, what causes them to go bad, how do you know when they've gone bad, and then answer some of your questions. Today, I'm joined by two electricians. I've got Troy and Shane back with me. Welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having us. So let's let's just dive right in and talk about uh, the different kinds of outlets. When, from your experience uh, dealing with homeowners, what do people generally think of in the house when they think of an outlet? Generally speaking of outlets, people inside of their homes are talking about the devices they plug stuff into. Right, you plug the vacuum, plug vacuum, a hair dryer, hair dryer plug, charge iron, your phone, stuff like that. Charge your phone, absolutely. Yep. But there are other outlets in the house. So let's talk about a few of those uh, specialty outlets. Shane, what are some of the specialty outlets that we have in the house? Some of the specialty outlets we'd be talking about would be outlets that maybe take 240 power instead of 110. So that's going to be your your dryer, that's gonna be your stove. We've also got plugs maybe behind uh, some uh, dishwashers. We've got GFI outlets, we've got USB outlets. We've got quite a few different outlets when you're just talking outlets. Okay, so uh, a lot of the bigger devices, uh, welders, generators, uh, mobile homes, you'll see those, they're usually a single use out, not a single use like you, you throw it away, but a single purpose outlet where it's got a specialty plug mm -hmm. and a specialty outlet and you can't mix it up uh, because like you had mentioned, Troy, there's different uh, amperages going to those as well. Some of them are really big and the cords coming off of them. Um, let's, Shane, you talked about GFI outlets. Uh, let's talk about those for just a second. Real briefly, what, what makes a, that's, I would say that's probably the second most common outlet that people recognize around the house so let's talk and for those listening it's the one that has the test and the reset button usually installed in wet locations kitchens bathrooms unfinished basements garages outside mm -hmm. uh, things like that Shane what makes those so special and why do we have them installed where we do so the reason we have those outlets is to protect you the consumer um, like Mike said we put them around wet locations electricity wants to get to ground it wants to go to the ground uh, those outlets, you know, they're, they're smart. If you break one of the new ones open, it looks like a small computer inside. There's a lot of different chips and resistors and stuff. But they, uh, they, they trip off a 0.03 milliamps, which is not enough to kill you, and that's why they put it at that level. So before it can get to you, um, it senses that, it turns off. A lot of the older ones, they used to have a black and red button on them. A lot of the newer ones are just white. Uh, they're usually square. Like Mike said, kitchens, bathrooms, outside garages, that's a place by code we have to have those. Wait, what's usually square? Uh, the GFI outlet itself is usually a square outlet. So pl plugged in just like a normal one, you've got your two prongs, little ground thing at the bottom. But the outlet, outlet itself is usually square. We actually call that decora style. Isn't that a rectangle? Rectangle. 
It is rectangle. A rectangle, but, Mike. I'm wrong. Hey, we're square. electricians. Square's, square's good now. Square's <laughs> all the sides are the same length. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I'm like I, I, thought they were, I thought they were rectangle. Yeah, rectangle, yes. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going like three-dimensional or what. Like, I didn't know if something had changed in the last little bit. But It's not rounded on the edges. Well, I mean, it, it does kind of have. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> We're going to move on now. Right. Uh, okay. So uh, we were talking about GFI. GFI stands for ground fault circuit interrupter. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, a newer development, it's not necessarily new, but something that's been going on with outlets, uh, you guys are old enough to remember, and I think a lot of people listening probably are, that there used to be little plastic uh, plugs that you would stick into the outlet and you would usually put them in if you had kids uh, when you were child proofing your house right because you didn't want a kid sticking anything into the outlet so they had these little plastic things that you, they would stick in there the, the problem with those is that you could still get them out and if the outlet was a little bit older and it, and it wasn't clamping tightly to those things you could still a kid could get them out pretty easily and it was a, a choking hazard so we talked last time about what codes were and the fact that the NEC is updated to help us to have a safer uh, experience with our electrical system. We'd looked at that and they created what's called a tamper resistant outlet. Um, What is a tamper resistant outlet, Troy? Well, it doesn't allow you to plug devices into places. So if a kid's crawling around and they've got a little pin or something like that and they're poking on that, it doesn't let you go into the actual outlet and get shocked. Right. That's the, um, they're trying to protect the kids. Uh, what they're a little harder to work with a little harder to plug things into um, you have to have the hot and the neutral hitting that insert at the same time which then will allow you to go the rest of the way into the, the device itself and those are required throughout all the house now so new houses being built yep. any new will house have those yep. is that is that any outlet all outlets that's correct now i'm assuming and i could be wrong here but not like not your dryer outlet not a dryer like that, right? 15 and 20 amp outlets that we Okay, so what what most people think of as an outlet, the things that we use day in and day out. Your kitchens, your bedrooms, your hallways, uh, that kind of stuff. Got it. Garages. Um, Shane, how does someone know if they have a tamper-resistant outlet? So the first thing you might notice is it's a little harder to plug in. Um, Sometimes you have to, and on some, for those of you who haven't used them, you have to kind of wiggle them back and forth a little bit sometimes to get those in. Also, if you look at the front of them closely, if you look at a normal older outlet, you can see right into them. These, you can actually see a little piece of plastic on both spots. So on a plug, you have two that go up and down, two slots, and you have a round one. That's gonna protect those two slots that go up and down. That's that's what I was gonna say, mm-hmm. is I, I think if you're, if you're moving into a new home and you just wanna know if it's tamper resistant, when you're looking at those, that's the biggest thing I've noticed without plugging something in is that white piece of plastic uh you know having that be there uh in the difference or not in the difference when let me ask you this when people are uh replacing outlets and updating things in their house um can they still get non-tamper resistant outlets why why is there a specific reason why someone wouldn't put in a tamper resistant outlet well if you've got kids that are growing up and you're not concerned and worried about that absolutely you know you don't Again, grandfathered in if it's an older home, um, they didn't require that. And so if you're going to the supply house to pick up those type of devices, right, uh, you don't have to have the new tamper resistant because of the grandfather, right? Because you built that home, you installed those prior to the code change. 
it's a good idea to to put those things in uh, when you're if you're updating those because they are it is a good thing to have around and you never know when you know a kid is going to be a around neighbor the house, right right grandkids whatever it is um, absolutely so let's talk about um, what causes an outlet to go bad. A lot of times an outlet's going bad. A lot of people, a lot of calls we go out to, um, they go out there. We go out there because the outlet or whatever they're plugging in is falling out of the outlet. It won't stay in there. So inside of an outlet, if you were to break one open, there's two pieces of metal that are kind of, I wouldn't say springy, but they're tight together and you push a metal piece in and it holds them tight. It's like a compression fitting, mm -hmm. right? Over time, they get old, they wear out, they get loose, and so it falls right out. When that starts to happen, um, first of all, it's annoying. Second of all, you can actually burn up whatever you're plugging into it. Whenever you have a connection that's not tight, that's just kind of flopping around in there, it creates heat. Uh, that heat will burn it up, you can burn up. Sometimes you look at the end of your plug and it'll be black. Or else you can see on your outlet, it'll start to change colors. And uh, that's a, a, a sign of that outlet not being tight enough. Um, okay, so one way that they go bad is just over time mm -hmm. using it a lot, plugging it in, plugging it out. Mm -hmm. You lose the tightness of uh, that compression fitting inside. Uh, we talked last time about loose connections. Uh, talk to me about that, Troy. What's another thing that can cause outlets to go bad? Yeah, loose connections are a big thing with outlets, right? Um, <clears throat> the, depending on how the contractor wired those up, um, some of the older devices, the older outlets, you used to be able to plug 12 gauge and 14 gauge wire into the back, stab in, right? And um, those that created a problem with loose connections, right? There's a there's a tiny piece of metal in there once you, you insert that wire in the back. And over time, as things heat up, they expand and contract, right? That causes loose connections there. And, and therefore, once that happens, then you start arcing. And, and that's when you'll see uh, discolor I mean, the outlet will be darker in color on the back. Even on the front, you'll see it sometimes. The face of the outlet, uh, you can start seeing it. Okay. Um, as far as what, what about uh, broken outlets? Uh, you know, we talked about what, what causes them to go bad. Like uh, sometimes you'll see cracked face plates, cracked outlets themselves that have actually pieces broken off of it. Is that, is that a bad outlet? Yeah, get that replaced. Get it replaced. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That plastic part that surrounds the components inside of that outlet, and if that's broken off, it's really easy for you to put your hand over there or somebody touch that and get shocked. Um, so definitely get that replaced. Get that taken care of. That, that brings up a good point. You know, there's actually two parts to that outlet. There's the faceplate, and then there's the outlet itself. So there's usually a, a screw. Well, actually, nowadays there's faceplates that don't have screws. They just snap on. So if you've got an outlet that has a faceplate that is just flat and you don't see any screws anywhere, more than likely it snaps on. So just reach around the back of that faceplate, and it'll it'll snap off. Mm -hmm. um, because it's designed to, not because it'll snap off like it broke. But um, but ones that have a, a a screw in the middle, those or if it's a decora style, it has them up on the top and the bottom. I I would notice that that's probably where quite a few broken face plates happen because you tighten the screws down. And before they used to, before they made the indestructible face plates, right? They were a really hard plastic, and you'd be doing a, you'd be finishing a house out. And you'd be trying to find that, okay, where's just tight enough and then snap, ah, oh, I gotta replace that. <laughs> so um, t tell me with a broken faceplate, should you be replacing that? 
For sure. Uh, the reason that face plate is on there is to protect you. Like Troy said, a little uh, a child or anybody could stick their finger in there. Um, on the side of your outlet, you're going to have a couple screws, and those screws on the, at least the one side, it can shock you. It's got power going to those screws on there. Gotcha. Well, let's, let's talk about how um, we talked about what caused them to go bad. Let's talk about how we as a consumer or as a homeowner, how do we know that it's gone bad? Like what are some signs that an outlet has gone bad? One sign might be that it's not working. Um, that could be a bad outlet. That could be something wrong with the circuit that's going to it. And um, we also talked about discoloration. If you ever see discoloration on an outlet, um, more than likely it has gone bad. Uh, things falling out of it. Um, if, if things ever start falling out and they won't hold in there, uh, it's time to replace that outlet. What else can you think of, Troy? Well, they make a really cool device that you can actually, we talked about this a little bit last time, that you can actually plug into each device, each outlet, right? And it'll tell you if it's working and working properly. That's a really good way. I mean, every so often in your home, go around and, and take that device, that, that little uh, it's an tester. an outlet tester. Yep, outlet tester. Yep, and plug into your outlets and see if it's grounded properly, if you got a neutral there, if you got correct polarity, all that stuff. Cool. And those are inexpensive. So The first one that you talked about, Shane, I think it'd be a good uh, time to kind of talk about some quick... Uh, do-it-yourself troubleshooting uh, you mentioned if the outlet isn't working uh, now there's lots of different reasons why an outlet might not be working um, what are what's something simple that a homeowner can do themselves to check and see if it's a major problem or a simple one well first of all look and see if there are any other outlets that aren't working around it so if you plug your vacuum in it's not working and you go to one side to the next plug it's still not working maybe the other side is not the first thing to really look at is your breaker box okay it could be something as trip as simple as a trip breaker um, breakers trip for a lot of reasons and, and that in itself could be another reason to call an electrician you shouldn't have breakers just tripping um what about uh or not what about how do they know if the breaker is tripped? Uh, most breaker boxes nowadays, and uh, first of all, they have to know where their breaker box located. Sometimes you're going to find those downstairs. Um, sometimes they're outside with your main electrical meter. So first, know, and, and that's for any homeowner, know where your electrical box is located. Uh, most new breakers nowadays, um, it's going to have a switch on it. One side is going to be off, one side is going to be on, and then in the middle is a tripped position. Uh, some breakers actually have a little indicator on them. Um, Square D makes a breaker that if, if it's tripped in the middle, you'll see a red sign, a little red faceplate there. But uh, usually if that breaker is in the middle position, um, that means it's tripped. So I'll, I'll usually tell people, I'll come to you in a second, Troy. Um, I usually will tell people when you go to that breaker box, you'll notice the position that the breaker switches in for on. They're usually, you know, all in the middle or all on the outside, whatever it is, depending on the brand. But if most, if all of the outlets or all of the breaker switches are pushed towards the middle, run your finger down those switches and see if there's one that feels like spongy. it's not all the way over. Yep. Spongy, that's yep. a great way to explain yep. it because it's sometimes it's really hard to kind of see at first glance if there's one that isn't, that's tripped. And so if you feel one that's spongy, like, uh, like Troy said, 
push on it and see if it if it isn't sticking all the way to one side. And then the way that you reset it, Troy, how do you reset a breaker? Take that breaker and switch it all the way to the outside of the panel, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you're on the left side or the right side, and then turn it back on towards the middle. So turn it all the way off. All the way off. And then turn yep. it back on. And That's what right. I will usually tell people, because you mentioned you shouldn't have breakers tripping. Mm -hmm. um, what I tell people is if it comes back on and it stays on, then that means that the circuit is not pulling more amperage than it should, so you're okay right now. But if you keep having that particular breaker trip regularly, then that's an issue because it should not be doing that. But a, a, an instance every once in a while where a breaker trips, it happens. Yeah. Um, the other side of that is if you flip it all the way off and then you try to flip it back on and you hear it snap and it kicks back into that tripped position, that means that there is still an issue. There's a problem that's causing a short on that circuit. And you should, uh, at that point, if you don't know what you're doing, especially, uh, you know, call an electrician and have somebody, or if you know somebody, have somebody come check it out for you. Uh, I'm sorry, Troy, I interrupted you. Did you? No, you, you nailed it, Mike. You talked about the breakers and everything towards the middle and the outside is off. And then just wanted to mention, again, like you brought up, that it's it's spongy when you feel those. You'll feel it's really spongy. Uh, gotcha. Let you know that that breaker is off. Sweet. Um, we'll see. Okay, so we, we talked about if, if you visibly can see a broken outlet or cracked faceplate or something, that's, that's an indication that it's gone bad. Uh, we talked about last time also um, going around and feeling the outlets. Uh, why is it important to go around and feel the outlets to see if they're warm? Shane, you got this or you want me? I can go for it. Uh, whenever you feel heat, well, any outlets, you shouldn't feel any heat whatsoever. It should just be room temperature. Okay. So if you feel your wall and your outlet, they should feel the same. Outlets, if you ever feel heat, and this could be on outlets that you're not even using at the time. This could be outlets that nothing's plugged into. But if you do feel heat on there, that means that there's something going on back there. If you have a bad connection, anything that creates resistance creates heat. So like your oven, if you open up your oven, you can see the big glowing pieces of metal in there. Uh, there's things in there that make resistance, heat. So, so the same thing can be going on behind your outlet. If it's a bad connection, you're gonna be creating heat just like that. Breakers don't know the difference. If you're creating heat, they just think you're powering something. So. That's a really good point. I've, I never really thought of it that way, um, that like the large appliances, your oven, water heater, an electric oven, electric water heater, things like that. The way that they cook the food and the way they heat the water is that you've got a heating element in there and the whole way that it works is, is resistance and it, the metal gets super hot and heats up and you don't want that happening with your outlets because over time, if, if you feel it warm, um, you know, it could you could have that same amount of heat going on in the background because we talked about a loose connection is like an arc weld and mm -hmm. you can start having the, uh, the, the back side of the outlet start to melt and you might not even realize it without taking the cover plate off and inspecting it. So it's a good idea. Um, I've had people asking me on social how often they should do that. And I, I mean, cause some people, when I, when I show them the outlet and they're freaking out and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this several times a day. And I'm like, I'm like, if you go around and touch everything, you know, once every other month, you're probably going to be okay. Um, unless you're finding things that are wrong, but let's talk about, you, you said you shouldn't be feeling heat. Um, mm -hmm. so, so no heat coming from the outlets. What does someone do if they do feel heat? Well, one thing they could do is take that cover plate off carefully. Um, you might even want to turn off your breaker before that. Most breakers should be labeled. But uh, you, can, you can take the cover plate off and examine it that way. Um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're handy, you could actually pull the plug out of the wall. 
Uh, you take the two screws out and physically pull that out of the wall and look at the back of the outlet. You're going to see wires going to the back of them. Like Troy said, some of these outlets are stabbed in, so you physically push the stripped wire back into the back of the outlet. Some of them are going to be wrapped around the screws. So there's two screws on each side they are going to be wrapped around, but physically look for any, any black marks. You can actually, your nose is a really good uh, indicator for electrical problems. You can smell electrical burning. So even smell that outlet sometimes. Uh, get close to it and, and smell. You can smell if it's burning. So go ahead, Troy. There's a coating also that goes over the, the copper wire, right? And so look at that where it's connected into the outlet and see if that's gotten hot, if that's discolored, if it's melted. Um, you can tell also from there if there's been heat created there. Mm -hmm. So the steps that I usually tell people, number one, cut the power. Uh, you know, you don't, especially if you don't know what you're doing, electricity is dangerous. You don't yes. want to like be met, even if it's just taken off a cover plate as, as, as much as you think you are being safe and, you know, just don't mess with it, cut the power off. Uh, number two, um, take the cover plate off. I would tell people to take a flashlight and look back behind and see if they see anything obvious as far as like burnt marks or anything like that. And then I like how you mentioned if you're handy, you know, then you could actually pull the outlet from the wall, take the two screws off and pull it back. And then you can start looking at, uh, you know, are the screws on the side tight? And here's the thing. You mentioned the wires that are stabbed in the back. You mentioned if a wire is pulled out of the back, I would say like tug on it a little bit up and down and see if it's loose or if it's grabbing, because if that, if that wire has worked its way out and then you go to stab it back in, that's not a good sign that it's worked its way out. How would a wire work its way out in a situation like that? Any Vibration ideas? over time. Yep, that happens. Again, heating up, expanding, contracting, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. All that um, plays a role in if that wire's actually been pulled out or not. So Worked its way out, not pulled out. Sure. Somebody uh, told me years ago that elect just the physics of electricity and the way that it works is that there's vibration created with that. And over time, you know, it's just like when you go and have your uh, spark plugs put in or a new gasket put in on the car, you, you tighten it down, you drive it for a little bit, and then you go back and you retighten things down to make sure that, uh, you know, everything is nice and snug, but the electricity can actually cause vibrations, tiny vibrations that you wouldn't be able to see, but that over years and years, years yes. and you plugging stuff in and moving that outlet a little bit, it can, it can cause problems. And that can create it right there too, over time, right? that vibration and then all of a sudden you're you're using that outlet a lot right so you're constantly plugging things in pulling things out um that'll separate that that wire from that outlet also and for the normal the homeowner you don't need to be all worried thinking that you've got to go behind every outlet and check everyone to make sure that nothing's burning it's not to scare anybody but if you do have problems with your outlets not working um that, that's when you need to have that checked out um let's talk about you know if it's gone bad, how do you repair an outlet? Well, as Shane said earlier, it's, uh, it's, if you're handy, right? Go ahead, there's a screw on the top, screw on the bottom. Go ahead and remove those screws. Pull the, the device out, um, pull that device out. And if you look at an outlet, you've got the neutral side, which is typically the white wires, and then you've got the hot side, which is typically the black wire. Sometimes you'll see red and other colors and stuff like that. And then you've got a grounding screw down on the bottom. So um, for me, if you're actually going to replace that device, please make well, sure again. Well, you bring up a really good point because people will people will try and like get you tripped up on this online when I'm when I'm like 
how to how to repair an outlet and they're like you can't repair an outlet because <laughs> they you know you got to replace it i mean once replace, the outlet yes. has gone bad right yep, that is correct and, and yes. so they they don't make replacement parts for an for outlet. outlet it's it's engineered to it's a device and once parts start failing on it you don't repair it that you you replace it and so as far as that replacement um of it you started talking about that troy uh only if you're comfortable yes you know if you if you're handy and you think you've you know a little bit we i mean we've we've made a a video on how to replace an outlet uh you know you can go to our youtube channel and check that out or on any of our social uh networks um number one safety first always shut the power off uh what are some of the tools that someone might need to uh replace an outlet uh, tools needed uh, you don't need a lot of tools to replace an outlet mm -hmm. Uh, one thing you will need is a screwdriver. Okay. Um, you're usually going to have to have a flat blade and a Phillips. Uh, most of the cover plates on an outlet, you're going to have a flat blade to take that off with. And on the inside, you can use a Phillips. Uh, a lot of electricians are now using a square drive, which makes that a little easier. But for the normal homeowner, Phillips screwdriver, pop those two out there. Um, if it's a stabbing outlet on the back, a lot of times you can actually, there's enough wire, you can actually cut the, the wire off just right behind the plug. Okay, so once once we get the outlet out, mm -hmm. then we're going to look at uh, the way that the wire is connected to the outlet. Um, I the most common nowadays are gonna you're gonna have a black wire that's hot, mm -hmm. a white wire for your neutral, and a bare copper wire for your ground. Yep. If you have different colors than that, take a picture <laughs> so that you know because especially if the outlet had been working previously the best way to get it to work the way that it was is to hook things up where they were mm -hmm. previously. Uh, but if you've got a lot of different things going on in the outlet at any point, if you don't feel comfortable, call you know, an stop and call an electrician. Yeah. A lot something. of times, Mike, you'll get back in there and you'll see a red wire. A lot mm -hmm. of times people will use that red wire for a switched outlet. And so they'll break that tab on the outlet, right on the hot side and connect that to a switch. So you can actually turn that bottom part or the top part of that outlet on if you have lights and stuff like that so again be very careful if you don't feel comfortable stop call an electrician i'm glad you brought that up because when we were talking about the different kinds of outlets that's one that we didn't actually mention yes. switch outlet i have a lot of people that are like how come half of my outlet works and the other half doesn't and it's a switched outlet and so it's the process of running a uh, actually why don't you tell what is a switched outlet a switched outlet is usually an outlet in uh, usually this, around the 70s. A lot of them were done around the 70s. You've got the top part of the outlet or the bottom is different than the other side. So, so the top, you might plug it in, and there's going to be a light switch that you can turn that on and off, and then the bottom will always be hot. So when they talked about wiring those, it's a whole different ballgame on wiring a switched outlet. Yeah, that's, so, that's not one you want to try and tackle yourself. But yeah. a lot of people, they think that their outlets aren't working because half of it works and half of it doesn't. Yeah. If you've got that situation going on in your house, um, if half of the outlet is always on all the time and the other half isn't, look for a switch around the room and see if and flip it on and see if it all of a sudden causes the other half of that outlet to work. Because it was a common practice when you didn't have a light in the middle of the room, a lot of people would use lamps for lighting and so that you would plug your lamp into the part that would switch and all of a sudden you've got a switch by the door or when you walk in the room and and you're good to go right and a lot of people will replace these and they'll replace them exactly how they took them out and then they get done and they don't work properly there's actually tabs you have to break out on these outlets very so. true so if you if you're not quite sure what you're doing there or you do go to replace that outlet um definitely 
don't uh, don't hesitate to call an electrician <laughs> if it's not uh, super straightforward. Um, tell me this: what happens if you don't uh, break that tab? You you would essentially have two circuits going to it or two hot legs essentially mm -hmm. going to it. Um, if you do that, is the thing going to trip a breaker or are you just going to have massive amounts of voltage at that outlet? Well, a lot of times it's on the same circuit, so it really wouldn't cause any issues. It just would always be hot. So you'll go to turn your switch off and it's going to stay on. There are circumstances where it is a different circuit. And if you do that and turn your breaker back on and flip the switch, you might get a big uh, electrical spark coming out of there where mm. you've crossed phases. Gotcha. So if, if that happens, you know, stop and call an electrician. <laughs> Hopefully your breakers are work, working and doing their jobs. Um, okay, cool. We had a couple of questions uh, come in from social. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read those, and I think, they're, uh, I think we'd be able to answer those. Donna McKnight says, I have old outlets. Do they need to be replaced to grounded ones. So I'm, I'm assuming in that situation, she's got the old outlets that have Just the two, two slots and they don't have that little third round spot that uh, Shane was talking about. So do they need to be replaced? Well, need to. Um, so it depends on what you want in your house, right? If you want them to be grounded, um, the reason they're two prong is because they don't have a ground going to them, right? So there's two things you can do. You can actually do some rewiring in the house, pull a ground to each one of those devices, or you can actually put a GFI device on there, right? Um, and not hook up a ground and then, and then switch them to the uh, three prong outlets. So those are the two ways you can do it. Again, we talk about new code versus grandfathered in. Anytime you, anytime you dive into a device or make changes, you are supposed to bring it up to current code. Gotcha. Shane? So another thing you can do on those, um, like, like Troy said, you need to pull that ground wire there it's not up to code to actually just take that little that outlet out that just has two pro, two holes and replace with one that has three without adding the ground. But you can buy code. You can go to most most places will carry them another two prong outlet. So it still doesn't have the ground wire. But if if your outlet's just falling out, you can replace those with with the same type of outlet. Okay. So for Donna's question, do you need to replace them? No, you don't have to replace it. Your home is probably grandfathered in. But if they are still the original two-prong outlets that were put in, I would assume that they are old and it would be a good idea to replace them. Now, you can do like Shane said. I actually know, you know, at Home Depot, they do mm -hmm. still sell the two uh, the yep. two prong outlets, you can go and get those and you can rewire and replace them so that you at least have, uh, you don't have the loose connection issue, uh, but you still, that doesn't give you a ground wire uh, or doesn't give you, give you ground there. So the next person, Troy, you started to answer this. We, we kind of all did. The next question was um, Tani uh, Bila, 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 I'm going to say Bila. How do you spell Vila? Like Tom Vila, how do you spell that? Do you guys even know who he is? Two L's? Anyway, we're going to cut right before I said her name, and I'm going to say, um, Tawny had a question. She said, how can I switch a two-prong outlet to a three-prong outlet? Do I need any additional wiring? You guys touched on that a little bit, but answer that again. What, what's the process? What are the options she has? So, yeah, there's two options there. One is, is obviously you're going to have to call an electrician to come out there, but, but you got to you got to pull a ground wire that comes from your panel, right, to those devices. Um, so you've got your neutral, you've got your hot, and then you've got your ground. Um, the other way that you can do it is you can put a GFI in there, right? 
uh, and now you can convert all those outlets down on the load side to a three-prong outlet and no longer use the two-prong outlets. So option one, run a, a ground wire to those, uh, to those outlets. That sounds really intense as far as like, <laughs> and expensive as far as like how many outlets you've got in the house and the process of pulling a ground wire. When you, if you're gonna pull a ground wire, I mean, are you literally just pulling like the individual green stranded or solid TTWN or are you uh, pulling, are you, are you rewiring at that point? How many people do this adding a ground? Well, when, once you get to the point of adding a ground to every outlet and every switch, a lot of people do go for a whole house rewire. Um, one benefit of a whole house rewire also is uh, when they built these homes back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, we didn't have all the stuff that we have to plug in now. We didn't have computers, we didn't have dishwashers, we didn't have disposals. So homes' power needs are a lot different nowadays than they, than they were back then. So for a lot of people, if they're gonna go to that extent of cutting holes in walls to run a ground wire, it's, it's almost a good benefit to just rewire your house up to today's <coughs> standards. Gotcha. And it really depends too. Like above, if you got attic space above, it's really easy to drop wires down yeah. to those devices. Also, if you have an I'm envisioning all of the electricians that have to crawl through attics in the summer <laughs> and hear you just say, it's easy to do <laughs> that, that, right? <laughs> um, also, or, uh, unfinished basements or crawl spaces, right? If you can access those outlets, those devices from below, uh, that also is easier. Okay, so option ready. one to upgrade from a two-prong to a three-prong is run the ground wire. The other one you said is to install a GFI. Now, you're saying you do not need to put a GFI at each location uh, you can wire it up so that one GFI is protecting the other outlets that are on that circuit circuit that are downline from that. Is that correct? Now it is for those listening that are going to try and do that. It is required to uh, label those outlets that don't have the GFI that are just three prong outlets. You do need to label those that they do not have an equipment ground. Mm -hmm. You don't want someone thinking that it's got a ground uh, and plugging into that and Anyway, all right, any other comments on that it's question? It's like Mike was saying, uh, putting that GFI in there, that is to protect the person only. If you have computers and stuff that are sensitive to grounding issues that really require a ground, putting a GFI in doesn't do you any good. It only protects you. There's still no equipment ground. That's a good point too. Putting in a GFI and making it so you can plug a three-prong thing in doesn't give you a ground. Therefore, surge protector is not gonna work. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yep. all that does is just give you some more outlets. <laughs> yeah, it keeps you safe is what it does. Correct. Um, okay, so next question came from Tracy. How can I tell if one of my outlets doesn't work? Let, I can take this one. <laughs> you plug something in and it doesn't work. But I think, I think she wants to know more specifically, how do I know if it's, or to, maybe to bring more value to the audience, how do I know if it's something major uh, or if it's something minor? Shame. We talked about this already a little bit with the breaker, but just walk us yeah. through a simple process of determining if our outlets aren't working, if it's a major or minor issue. Well, like Mike said, first of all, plug something into it. If it doesn't work, it's not working. Also, uh, what other outlets around the same area are not working? Um, you can kind of isolate it to that spot, or you might have a whole room that's out. I mean, you might notice the one's out, but then you'll go further and notice that nothing's working around there. Um, also, some of those things we talked about before, do you smell anything? Is there any kind of heat or anything? Uh, like Mike said also, go to your breaker box after that point. Uh, we talked about how to check your breaker box before. Oh, 
this isn't the place to do it, but like jumping back to that, I meant to, to come to this other than the breaker box, the other place, if you've got an outlet that's not working and it's in a kitchen, bathroom area like that, mm-hmm. also look for a GFI that is, um, that's tripped or that's, you know, not on. So push the test button, push the reset button. Now GFIs do go bad. So if you're trying to push the reset button and it's not coming back on, then that GFI outlet needs to be replaced or there might be a bigger issue going on. So call an electrician to, to come and look at that. But, uh, next question. Um, Kylie says, I just don't know how to get my debt outlets back up and running. (laughs) So Troy, take that one. (laughs) Well, in that case, if you've got several um, outlets that are not working in a home, I would advise call an electrician, get somebody out there to look at them. If it's isolated to one single outlet, we talked about it a little bit earlier, go ahead, take the cover plate off, get a flashlight, look in there, see if you see any burning, anything going on, discolored of the wire, the outlet itself, um, make sure everything looks good in there. Um, if it does, again, if you're handy, go ahead and remove that outlet and check the connections on them. If you don't feel comfortable at that point, again, just call an electrician and we'll come out there. And again, some of these things, it's going to be almost like the joke that you make when you call com- the IT department for the computer. Like, is, is the printer on? Have you reset your computer? If you've got any issues with your electrical, always start with the basics. Check for a trip breaker. Check for, check for a trip GFI. Um, and if that's not the issue, then usually enlist the help of, of a professional to come out there and try and take care of that. Uh, okay, last question. Do outlets have a lifespan? Uh, like, should an outlet be replaced every 20 years? Or are they good indefinitely? Wait, wait, don't, don't say anything. Let's just let them, let's just let them wonder if we're going to answer. That's kind of a hard (laughs) question there a little bit. Um, Outlets don't have a lot of moving parts on them. Uh, You plug in, you plug out. Um, When when we talk about lifespan, if you're looking at the outlet, we talked about with two prongs. Um, It might be time to start looking at updating your house a little bit or or updating the wiring. Uh, As long as the outlet is holding tight, as long as your cover plate's not broken, as long as the outlet is not discolored, uh, there's no chips on it, broken pieces, um, there's, there's not much to go wrong with an outlet at that point. So you're usually pretty safe if it's holding tight and everything looks good. So one thing I want to add to that too, there's, there's, there's a way to help that device last longer and we call it pigtailing, right? So in the back of the box where that device is, is put into that outlet is, is inserted into, um, what you can do is you've got wires coming in, you got wires going out. You can actually take the two hots and the two neutrals, pick them, pigtail them together and bring one wire off that pigtail and hook it up to the outlet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, less wear and tear on that outlet. That outlet's gonna typically last longer if done that way. Um, in the trade, most people do not do that. Um, but again, you will get a longer life um, span out of that outlet if it's, if it's wired that way. And honestly, the reason that it, most of them are not done that way is because it takes a little bit of extra time. time that Absolutely. adds labor to the job. And yep. when you're buying a new house, unfortunately, the, the builder is like, go as fast as you can and get this done for as inexpensively as possible. And, and they do do that. And most of the time, you'll just see them stabbed right into the back. They have screws on the side. Again, if you tighten them, if you put them around those screws and tighten them down really good, again, they're gonna, it's going to last longer yeah. than that small connection in the back, that stabbing connection. So there's a lot of things at play there. Uh, Mike who asked this question 
and honestly, yeah, it, you might have, it's, it's probably going to determine also be determined by how much you're using that particular outlet. Usage if you've got, also. if you've got an outlet that is the outlet that you always plug your vacuum in and out of that outlet is going to wear out faster than, uh, another outlet that you're not using all the time and mainly just because it's a mechanical device and as that uh crimp connection inside that that is loosened over time it just loses its its uh its grip and while we're on that topic it is not normal to bend the prong to have to bend the prongs out on your outlet just to get them to to stay and i remember i remember being a kid and like uh and thinking oh I know how to fix this. I like bending the prongs out. Anyway, also yanking your uh, vacuum cord from across the room. You know, it goes sideways and stuff. That can wear the outlets out a little bit longer. But anyway, do they have a lifespan? If you're using them a lot, no. not. I mean, if you're using them a lot, yes, they're going to go bad. But watch for signs. Feel them. Make sure they're not warm. Uh, and then, like uh, the guys said, do you have things falling out of the outlets? So. Yep, and again, if you're handy, just pull off that faceplate cover, right? Just grab a flashlight, look in the back. We've talked about it. We discussed it. But, but you can visually look and, and, and determine, hey, the outlook, everything looks good. It's plugging in fine. Outlet's fine. Again, any of the advice that we give on the show, always make sure that you're being safe. Shut the power off before you mess with any of the electrical. Consult a professional if you're not comfortable. And if you ever feel like you've gotten in over your head, stop and call an electrician you trust uh, for some help. Uh, that's it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for joining us guys uh, until next time thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on in the house thank you Mike thank you